Hi everyone, this is John Margo with AESP and you are once again back in the Prospectives podcast series. I have an old friend of mine, another old friend of mine from the industry on the line with me today, James Linder from the Tennessee Valley Authority or TVA as it's better known. And James has one of the most interesting titles out there. He is Innovation Scout for TVA. James, say hello. Hello, John. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this with us. I really appreciate it. You know, James, you were elected to the AESP Board of Directors just a short time ago. So why don't we start by having you give a little bit of background on you and then give us a story about how and why you decided to run for the AESP Board. Oh, fantastic uh, question. You know, a little bit about my background. <clears throat> I graduated with a BS in chemical engineering and a, a master's in engineering as well. Uh, you know, when I got out of school, uh, I kind of worked for an engineering consulting firm for uh, several years. Uh, had various responsibilities such as developing phase one and phase two uh, environmental assessments. Uh, I was a project manager for underground storage tank installations, developed air permits for coal-fired boilers and uh, feed mills. Uh, you know, a lot of different uh, different types of uh, of work. And so I started going to AESP back in 2008. Uh, it was such a great experience. I wanted to get more involved. Uh, a year or so after joining AESP, I saw that there was a gap in representation in, in the Southeast. And so me and Carol Sabo, uh, we, we co-founded the Southeast uh, AESP chapter. Um, you know, from there, I was a chapter president for three years. Uh, I've been on the AESP planning committee. I've spoken at many conferences, moderated panels, and anything else I could help grow AESP membership. I was always there, tried to try to get, try to get more involved. And uh, yeah, I wanted to run for the board because I thought it would be one first a privilege to serve, then also to help promote this organization outside of of AESP. So that was that was my whole reasoning for uh, for running for the board. In the amount of time you've been on our board, you you know you shared with me that TVA is moving in some kind of new and interesting directions, and uh, you moving toward Innovation Scout, probably one of them. Why don't you give me a little bit of history of your time with TVA, and then give us some uh, you know some insight as to what what's the new work that TVA has you doing, and you know and the colleagues that you work with. Sure, uh, I joined TVA back in about 2000. Um, uh, I started in fixed assets group, analyzing transmission, hydro, fossil, nuclear assets for capital projects and depreciation studies, and then worked in transmission group, developing detailed project construction schedules. So, uh, you know, in TVA, there's many different organizations that you can be able to work in, and it's totally different fields. And so, uh, you know, from fuel analyst, uh, where I calculated coal to reagent requirements for fossil plants. Uh, and then I came into the efficiency world uh, where I managed the EMV team, set up TVA's uh, first uh, uh, technical resource manual, and uh, also their evaluation process. You know, from there, uh, I was then asked to take on a new role, uh, analyzing our entire generation fleet to become more energy efficient. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of energy to produce, to produce, you know, that energy. So TVA consumes almost 3,000 megawatts just to be able to produce 36,000 megawatts of power to the grid. So, um, you know, having a master's in engineering helps you be able to actually go into some of these fossil plants, nuclear, hydro, uh, gas plants to look at uh, kind of a, from a process standpoint of, you know, finding out what those details are and how to actually, you know, get every every bit of uh, energy we could out 
with the with the least amount of effort. I recently took a position in our uh, research and development uh, division where I'm asked to be the innovation scout. And uh, while it is an interesting um, uh, title, so innovation scouting is really looking at you know three to five years out on the horizon at new technology that can be either scalable for TVA generation, whether if it's renewables, energy storage, uh, new nuclear, uh, e even uh, you know carbon capture type types of uh, technologies that we can be able to translate those from a production, uh, in, you know, from doing a scalable up to a production level. But then also, you know, I'm also tasked at looking at those technologies that could be disruptors that are behind the meter. What are those things that could potentially cause TVA to lose those uh, customers from, you know, uh, that, that could be, you know, from a microgrid or from a, another third party. So we really try to partner with uh, other forward-looking lo utilities, you know, some startups, some capital ventures and government agencies, and even research labs to really try to look at what that innovation looks like. You know, you know, James, uh, previously you told me that your group is titled Energy Resource and Technology Innovation. I think I wrote that down, right? Um, give me some more information on that. You know, TVA has started this group. What are you doing and how are you going about it? So under the TVA Act, we have a responsibility to develop and manage TVA's strategic research and development activities, uh, really to help support that leadership in key technology areas. And that are related to the agency's mission and the programs, the financing uh, ability and the public value. Uh, our group is currently involved in, I mean, we've got so many aspects that we're, that we're in from electric vehicles to microgrids, to electrification, solar, energy storage, blockchain, smart cities, and you know, of course the big one, the internet of things. Um, you know, we have roughly 95 internal advisors that send us requests for research proposals. Uh, we evaluate those proposals to see if they're actually if they actually correlate with our strategic mission and regulatory needs first. But uh, then we become you know then we'll become you know uh, see if they become the public value to our, to our customers. You know some of the marquee projects that we that we're working on right now are some of the uh, transmission asset analytics uh, that microgrid. Uh, uh, pilot and, and, and learning program, uh, a battery storage research project, uh, an EV strategy and roadmap launch uh, throughout the whole valley. And, you know, one of the, to me, this is the coolest part uh, of, of doing this innovation and research. Uh, the, we have an indoor agriculture electrification demonstration. So we can actually, so we partner with EPRI on, and on some of this and ORNL, where we can actually take uh, uh, where it would take, a, I guess, a farmer six acres of crops and we can be able to put it in a storage container. So, and it could take less energy and we could be able to result more uh, yield of, pro uh, of produce than what a farmer could. So those are the types of neat, you know, neat innovation research projects that we're doing. You know, James, you, uh, you refer to the fact that your group is doing this work in the valley. That, that leads me to ask a question. Tell me about the size of TVA, you know, numbers of customers, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a great question, John. You know, the Valley, so we occupy, uh, or we serve uh, 80,000 square miles. We serve uh, around 10 million uh, customers and about 650,000 uh, commercial businesses and, and industries throughout the Valley.
our load is right at uh, anywhere from the average of 27,000 megawatts all the way up to 36,000 megawatts. That's a real deal. You're a real company, huh? Oh, we are a real company. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, you have, an, uh, you have a new and interesting kind of direction to go. How do you measure your success? You know, how do you know when you're successful in this new work that you're doing? The research and development team, we ask ourselves that every day. It's like, how do we know when we're successful? Yeah, and I had to give my my uh, my boss, my director Gary Brinkworth, the credit for this. And he he says this saying over and over. It says, you know, for us to be really be successful, it's like when we uh, when we become more relevant than just interesting. That's when we know that we're successful. Uh, one part of success is seeing those continued programs that uh, you know, from just an idea of graduating from a from a from an idea to then going on into a pilot and then to a program. Uh, you know, research and innovation, you know, it has to be credible and also has to be fiscally responsible. So when, when we evaluate a certain technology, it has to go through an extensive analysis. And if we feel it's not fiscally responsible, we kind of table it, but we, but we don't forget it. We call it a uh, blue sky type of project. You know, just like when solar first started out, you know, solar was really expensive and utilities didn't want to get into that game right at, right at first. But now that it's becoming more uh, more competitive with other sources of energy, it's you know that's that's how innovation and research starts. Gene, I, I might have just figured out a new bumper sticker: become more <laughs> relevant than interesting. I love that. That's great. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it, but I, I I keep on saying it back over to him. He goes, "Oh yeah, I forgot I I said that before." <laughs> you know, um, I think it's fairly obvious, but tell me a little bit more about who benefits when you're successful. You know, the main driver from the benefits of our research innovation are not only our, our customers, our local power companies, but it's also the end use consumers and then the people that we partner with and that we collaborate with across the nation. Uh, we, we collaborate with ORNL, EPRI, uh, you know, LBNL. Uh, so we, we, with all these research labs and then other utilities as well. So everybody kind of benefits when innovation research happens at the utility level. And, uh, you know, being a quasi-federal agency, you know, you know, our mission is to, deliver, is to deliver low cost power reliably and providing an economic development to the Valley. Uh, and so when we benefit, when we all benefit, you know, TVA, you know, when TVA succeeds, our customer, our customers uh, succeed as well. Well, that's what we're here for, right? Is to help the customer, no question about it. Uh, you know what, you mentioned a little bit ago that you have a, a kind of a horizon of three to five years. Why don't you look out in the future over the next three to five or maybe even 10 years and, and in this new role, what changes do you see coming and, and what kind of impacts can this industry expect as a result of them? Technologies such as like microgrid, home automation, autonomous vehicles, the uh, internet of things, distributed ledgers like blockchain and smart contracts, fast charging systems, you know, that are 15 minutes or less. Uh, even uh, new com combined heat and power uh, resources, uh, battery storage. These are all game changers for centralized electric utilities. Uh, you know, each one of those can either help utilities or they can also be disruptors. Uh, you know, but for consumers, they'll have a, a lot of choices and, and, and they'll have a lot of choices just for their power needs. I think one thing that our industry has to be aware of and, and keep aware of, of how fast these testing incubators are bringing things to market. It, it's very fulfilling to be able to see how, how innovative that, that people can actually be. 
you know, just with distributed ledgers and blockchain, you know, you can grow, you, you can get your now your power now from a third party and not even be connected to a centralized utility. You know, the same thing with fast charging systems. You know, microgrids for rural parts have the biggest impact, advantages and, and impacts, you know, from a space dynamics. You know, urban areas, they've only got some so many square footage of, of rooftops. But just think of a farmer who puts up a 50, 50 megawatt solar array with a battery backup. He can supply a lot of uh, customers with, through a third party and blockchain. So those type of innovations and those types of uh, impacts five year, five to ten years out, those are those are very real. You haven't um, come up with a term like energy farmer or electricity farmer yet, have you? No, but uh, I may have to coin that one, John. That's 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 pretty good. I'm going to ask you along those lines. I'm going to ask you one of my favorite questions. Tell me about TVA 20 years ago, and tell me about TVA 20 years from now. Great question. So 20 years ago, uh, actually, when I when I first started TVA, uh, we were this big dinosaur utility that moved very slowly. You know, we had a lot of fossil. I think we probably had anywhere from 12 to 15,000 megawatts of fossil at that time. You know, now we we're, we're more gas and nuclear and uh, uh, renewables um, and so 20 years in the future yeah you know, we're hoping that we're going to be still that inter trusted energy advisor to our customers but we also know that they're, they're going to have a lot more choices out there there's going to be more of that grid edge type uh, technology that one is going to really outpace uh, a utility that that doesn't turn as fast as what a third party can and I think that uh, 20 years from, to, from today, uh, you'll definitely see a different dynamic. I, we'll still have centralized energy because you, you know there are still a lot of industries that cannot produce you know 100 megawatts on their own. Uh, however, they can get a little bit closer to that point too. So it, it'll definitely be uh, something to, to watch for in 20 years, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch. You know, you use words like choice and technology and disruptor, things like that. Keeping all that in mind, what advice do you give somebody who's starting out, uh, you know, in our industry today? You know, when I first started in this industry, you know, really back in 2007, 2008, it was like a foreign language to me. I mean, with acronyms, you know, I, I thought that federal utilities had a lot of acronyms, but man, you know, so does the energy efficiency space. Uh, with a new certificate of excellence uh, th that uh, AESP is providing, you know, I think that is just a great way to be able to teach those that, that are starting out in the industry a great, great way of, of looking at, one, the terminology, the standards, the, and the how-tos. Um, you know, managing and designing programs, I mean, it can, it can be a task. And when you've never been exposed to that in the industry, it's, and having business acumen that, that uh, you know, programs that, like, like that would provide, helps those who want to be successful. Um, you know, I have a background in engineering and a program like this does help alleviate some of the hurdles it takes to speak effectively and determine what is best for, you know, the company and, and its customers. Um, I would expect the program to be received, uh, you know, in this industry a lot like uh, some of the other trainings uh, and other organizations, you know, like the CEM that, you know, that CEE uh, provides. Well, I appreciate that. Um, we, we are quite proud of this new Certificate of Excellence in DSM Program Management, and we're also rolling out a new one here toward the end of the year in uh, impact evaluation. So um, 
where do you expect those to go? Just, you know, you're a board member of AESP and you were you know, one of the ones who made the decision that we should move forward with this and I applaud you all for doing that. Where do you suspect that our certificate program goes? Yeah, I think that uh, our certificate program is uh, something that has to be flexible and that has to be able to move with with the industry itself. You know, some of our some of our colleagues are going to more the the keeping the roles of doing energy efficiency, while some of us are looking at electrification. Uh, both of those are can be quite different, so it's going to be. You know, with with us being able to move this, you know, these programs from from the board level, and to having having those business acumen that people brand new coming into the industry, I think it, I think it's nothing but up for for AESP and and to be able to help garner even more um, more people coming into the program. Okay, you know, James, you you talk a little bit about you know some of the work that you do and uh, and the you know the growth and and AESP's position in the industry with the certificate program and you know we're going to be rolling out an evaluator certificate program uh, at the end of the year. There's a lot going on, but why don't you talk a little bit about how belonging to an association like AESP can benefit you as a person, you know, and especially in that that very interesting role that you have at work. Okay. Um, ASP and all the resources associated uh, with the organization, super valuable. Uh, they bring a diverse group of people together and really kind of, you know, net, help you network and make some wonderful friendships, uh, learn some new perspectives, and, and also, you know, garner some of those skills that, that you may be lacking on. Um, you know, there literally is something for everyone in the organization, and um, I would suggest all AESP members, and even if you're not a member, you know, get more involved. Join those committees such as Topic and EMMB, and and support those local chapters. You know, to be successful in this industry, you have to learn from the mistakes of what others have done. And believe me, we've we've made some some of our own mistakes. And but but also take those opportunities to become a mentor and mentee to those who who may be just starting out. You know, a role like mine, you know, I'm looking for new, those new innovative ideas that may not be ready yet, but it's something I can be able to put on my horizon and say, you know what, I need, I need to watch that utility or I need to watch this, this uh, uh, customer or this consultant. It's like they've got some, they've got some pretty good ideas. I, I, I need to, you know, make sure that I'm always have them forward looking and, um, and I, I think that AESP can really just benefit uh, anybody who who belongs to it. Well, James, I think if you're uh, if you're the living example of that, I got to agree with you. You know, you've been around for a, a fairly short period of time in terms of the length of AESP, at least. But uh, you've certainly come a long way and done a lot of wonderful things for us. So we really appreciate you and the work that you've done. So thank you very much for being a part of that, and thanks very much for being a part of the interview today. Hey, thank you, John, and uh, you have a wonderful day.